Here, we talk about intuitive eating and Jesus. Hi, I'm Nyla, and welcome to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. I'm a certified health and life coach specializing in intuitive eating and body image improvement from a Christian perspective. I pray this podcast allows you to learn the skill of intuitive eating and tap into the awesome body wisdom God intentionally designed into you for food choices and exercise choices. This podcast will teach you how to have a peaceful and joyful relationship with food and fitness, the kind that God desires all his children to experience. I'll also teach you how to view your body as God sees it. I believe Adam and Eve were intuitive eaters in the Garden of Eden, and I'm on a mission to help as many Christian women as I can eat with ease and calm as those two did all those years ago in that famous garden. Hey guys, welcome back to the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast. Today I have a bonus episode for you actually. Um, I'm going to be sharing my summary of the 10 guiding principles of intuitive eating. So it's in my words, paraphrased, to give you a better feel of the lens I coach clients through on their body image struggles and food stress. So I coach from a Christian perspective. Whoa, my cat just ran up the stairs. I don't know if you could hear that, but it was just like, just ran up the stairs. (laughs) Like a, it sounded like a, um, not a parade of cheetahs. Like, what is that? Like a... Um, a herd of chinas or whatever, just like going nuts in the, on an African safari or something. But anyway, so yeah, I coach from an intuitive eating perspective with my one-on-one clients when I do sessions with them over the phone to help them with um, body image struggles and like feeling chaotic around food and out of control. But I for sure do it through a Christian perspective as well. Intuitive eating, it's not from a Christian perspective, but I do it from a Christian perspective. But I did just want to share with you um, just a little summary of each of the principles, just in case you're like, what? What is intuitive eating, Nyla? Like, I know it's a thing. I hear about it on Instagram, but so this will help you just kind of understand a little bit more because I haven't talked about that on the podcast. I've talked about like here and there, this principle, principle number six, principle number eight, but I haven't talked about all of them. So I'm going to go through each of them today and just share in my words kind of what those principles um entail exactly so number one is reject the diet mentality so a diet mentality comes from something called diet culture a system of beliefs that says thinness equates to health and that certain body sizes are more worthy that certain ways of eating are to be praised and other ways of eating are to be shamed diet culture shames diverse body sizes and promotes that there's only one acceptable and beauty body size and that restrictive ways of eating are the only way to true health. Diet culture's influences is everywhere. It's in movies, magazines, um, kids' toys like Barbies even promote that body type. Um, conversations with coworkers, there'll be diet culture influences and mindsets there sometimes, social media posts, even in sermons at churches sometimes. And it leads to a deep-seated diet mentality of striving to look a certain way so you'll have worth and be beautiful and accepted and that you'll be elevated by others because of how you look and because of certain health habits you have. So it is possible to remove the diet mentality and intuitive eating shows you how. And the second principle of intuitive eating is honor your hunger. So in my words, that is, um, it's the stage where you learn to recognize different body cues for hunger. And the different stages of hunger, which we often will show, I'll show my clients using a hunger scale, a hunger to fullness scale, and you can find out the different 
um, stages of hunger because it's not just hunger or fullness there's those in between levels of different stages of hunger and you learn when is the best time for you to respond um, to, for your individual needs and preferences so you actually retrain your brain to see hunger as not an evil or annoying thing but rather simply a biological process that your body is performing to try and keep you alive it's always okay to eat when hungry and sometimes even when you aren't it's normal and enjoyable in life to eat for simply pleasure from time to time too not just for hunger reasons and you learn through this stage of intuitive eating the honoring your hunger part to earn back your body's trust by giving it the food it's asking for your body is on your team and it's just trying to help you to make you feel and function best by giving you these hunger cues so sometimes you have to honor your quote-unquote future hunger too because you have access to food only at certain times of the day like a lunch break and there are many different ways to honor your hunger and it's not a hard and fast rule of you can only eat if you're hungry So the third step is make peace with food. And in order to heal your relationship with food, you need to get uncomfortable and give yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods. Yes, even the ones you feel out of control around right now. This conditions your brain to not feel panicky around once forbidden foods since your brain realizes it won't be months until you get to eat that food again. Now that food like ice cream or chocolate is a regular occurrence in your life if you want to eat it and you will feel calm instead of chaotic since all these foods are normalized in your life now overeating episodes are often a result from restriction so once you remove those restrictions and your body gets used to being around those foods those once quote-unquote out of control foods will soon lose their novelty just like a toy gets old for a child eventually this is one of the hardest principles and is so helpful to have guidance and support in this stage because at first it will feel anything but intuitive but this stage does change in appearance and evolves as peace and calm with food comes over time as your body begins to normalize around food and trusting it will actually be getting enough food from now on It can't tell the difference between famine and a diet, your body, and it was scared in the past, releasing hormones to get you to eat, 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 fearful that if you didn't, that you would die. So in this stage, how this stage takes shape at first is not what intuitive eating is all about, though, though some people believe this is the entirety of how intuitive eating works, but it's it's incorrect. So in the beginning of the stage, you might actually overeat past fullness and you might eat a lot of those once for restricted foods when you put them on limits you might eat a lot and it's called the honeymoon stage of of this third principle but eventually your body will calm down and you won't feel the need to eat ice cream all the time because you'll realize like it's in the house all the time i don't need to eat it all the time it's not going away like it used to that honeymoon stage it it doesn't last though some people think that honeymoon stage Um, is just what intuitive eating is but it's not it's just a part of one of the stages so challenge the food police is number four so firing the food police in your head is hard but it's super key the food police is that little voice in your head that governs your food choices and it it makes you feel good or bad for certain ways of eating and the food police went to quote-unquote diet culture academy and it tries to guilt and shame you into following diet rules or food rules 
even when they leave you feeling miserable and deprived. And there are some great mental exercises for kicking out the food police that I like to teach my intuitive eating clients. Number five, which is my favorite stage or principle of intuitive eating, is discover the satisfaction factor. When you truly allow yourself to eat all foods, you'll discover which ones you only wanted because they were off limits. And when once you put everything on limit, you soon realize which ones you actually enjoy and which ones you were just maybe eating because they were healthier, you thought you should eat them. Or even the ones you were eating because you told yourself you can't eat them, but like actually when you say you can eat chocolate, maybe you're like, you know, actually I don't really like chocolate. Like I'm actually more of a whatever, like salted peanuts girl. Like why was I eating chocolate so much when I actually don't even care for it? And it's really cool the things that you'll observe once you put all foods on limits. It really can be surprising. And you will also discover what amounts of foods and what types of food leave you personally mentally satisfied post-meal. Mindful eating practices are part of intuitive eating, and it can be taught to increase satisfaction in meals and help you easily honor fullness too, and help you discover what you actually like. It's just a fascinating process getting to know yourself and your preferences in this stage. And for mindful eating, I do have a book on mindful eating or kind of like a self-paced course in the form of a journal, and it's called the Joyful Eats Journal, and that is in the link in the show notes if you go to the book link it'll take you to there and it's a great resource for helping you to learn how to eat less food but enjoy it more by using mindful eating practices so number six is feel your fullness and fullness isn't to be feared it's the body's way of saying thanks we've got enough for now we'll let you know when our energy stores are low again so discover the different types of fullness and how full you prefer to feel at different times of the day From previously discovering the satisfaction factor in the last principle, you'll be able to listen most of the times to full cues and it'll be easier because you're feeling satisfied from what you've eaten. And during a meal, you can pause midway to note how your hunger hunger levels have changed or if the food has diminished in taste to help you recognize how the food is tasting still or how your tummy is feeling. These observations throughout the meal can help you sense your different full levels and identify what fullness level you like to end a meal at. And for me personally, that's different depending if it's a breakfast, a snack, um, lunch or supper. I sometimes at supper like to end the meal a little more full than other meals because I know that I have a longer time to go until breakfast. So I actually intentionally go a little higher on the fullness skill at that meal because that's what I like to do to keep me full until breakfast the next day though it's okay to eat snacks in the night too if you need to eat a snack get up in the middle of the night and eat a snack or before bed i do that as i do that as well so number seven is cope with your emotions with kindness so it's not bad to cope with emotions with food it just shouldn't be the only tool in your coping mechanism toolbox so you learn in this stage to recognize what your body and mind truly needs to um to help it through specific situations. You learn to identify the emotions you have, then identify other coping strategies that provide the current need you have. So yeah, you learn to identify what does my body actually need in this moment and it's not always food. So if you're bored, maybe you identify like, you're about to reach for the cookies and you're like, hey, what do I actually need right now? Like, what am I experiencing and what would help me through this experience? And if you identify I'm bored, instead of reaching for food, you could call a friend. Are you lonely? Plan a girl's night. Are you emotional or fearful? Journal. Sad? 
watch a funny movie or be creative and express your feelings through song or drawing or dancing. If you need a distraction before you process your emotions, you could go for a watch, walk or watch some YouTube or TikTok videos. I love watching animal videos, especially cat ones on Instagram. That always cheers me up. Eight is respect your body. So we embrace the fact that your body naturally wants to be at a certain size and that might be a different size than you prefer or that diet culture told you is the best size. When you listen for and then comply with what your body tells you it needs each day through your body cues, through acting upon your body cues, you'll discover your weight naturally stays at a certain spot without much effort on your part other than to listen and honor what your body told you that it was desiring. So you learn in this stage to talk to your body like you would the person you respect most in life. You also learn how to treat it with love or think about it in a neutral way. There's also a component of acceptance in this stage where you choose to acknowledge that, you know what, I might not always love how my body looks. I might not love how every part looks, but I can still choose to treat it lovingly and talk to it lovingly because it's a gift from the Lord. And thankfulness is a great place to start with body respect, intentionally looking for things you appreciate about your body and things that you would miss if you didn't have those parts or functions that can really help you to um, cultivate body respect, which is super helpful in improving body image. So number nine is movement, feeling the difference. So if you hate to run or you dread spin class or you don't like yin yoga or hit, it's totally fine. There are many ways to move your body, so you have no need to do forms of movement that you dislike. You focus more in this stage on how movement makes you feel rather than how it makes you look or how many calories you burned. This kind of mindset shift makes exercising even more motivating to do. When we do what we love with positive motivation, like, oh, I'm going to lift weights because it makes me feel so energized after so accomplished and strong, that kind of mindset instead of like, I'm doing this because it's burning off the cake I just ate. Um, when we move doing movement that we love, that we really enjoy, like for me, that's dancing, walking, I love those the most. And with positive mindsets and motivation while we're doing it, we, we keep doing it because the joy factor is present. And when you when it's joyful, you'll keep coming back to it and then you'll therefore keep benefiting from it because you're doing it consistently. So think back to grade school where you were motivated and happy to keep working on a project for a teacher who was kind and gave you choices for projects. Um, saying like, pick the topic that you really get excited to research and I want you to do your essay on that. Or picture... Um, a cruel teacher who picked an unappealing topic for you and was like, you have to, you have to do your essay on this. And it was super boring and just not motivating to do because you weren't interested in it. It wasn't fun. So when you allow yourself to do what you want for workouts versus what you think you quote unquote should, and you use positive self-talk to, while you're doing the movement, it, it makes it um, more easy to be successful with this principle because you're going to be consistently doing it because it's joyful and so yeah i love that principle so much and the last one is number 10 honor your health with gentle nutrition this is the last principle that i teach um, clients usually 9 and 10 we bring in at the end because it's really hard to do these last two pieces the joyful movement and honoring your health with gentle nutrition it's hard to do these principles if you haven't like kicked out the the food police and changed your diet mentality um, it's hard to do these ones if those components, those mindsets aren't changed because you're just going to approach nutrition, intentional nutrition choices and f movement 
still from a diet framework if you haven't first removed that diet framework. So for number 10, um, for dental nutrition, it's learning to make food choices that honor your health and taste buds while also um, eating foods that make you feel good. So no food group or food or one meal or day of week of eating will make or break your health or weight. So it's I'm going to say that again, no food or food group or one day of eating or one week of eating, it's going to, none of those things are going to break your health or weight. It's the trend over time that creates health. You're not being unhealthy if you have whipped cream. One choice can't determine your health, but rather it's the average of your choices over time. So things like counting carbs for health conditions can fall under this category as well. Or eating after a workout, even if you aren't crazy hungry, to help your muscles recover. Or eating enough food when breastfeeding. Or avoiding gluten because you're allergic to it. So you, you hone in on the word honor and gentle in the name of this principle. You ask yourself, how can I honor my body in its current season of life? What does that look like for my personal needs and values in life? The things that I find important to experience. Maybe you value purchasing produce from the food market or buying eggs from a farm or supporting small businesses and buying food from them, or buying organic food, or maybe you value not having a lot of food waste like I do, and um, or maybe you value not having to go to the grocery store, store more than once a week, or having plant-based meals, planning meals that don't require a lot of time in the kitchen. Those are all components of gentle nutrition. I know for me, I wanted to add in more vegetables to my diet, and or food intake, because um, I'm not on a diet, food intake, and so I started adding in more vegetables because I know that that is a way to steward my body well, um, is to eat more vegetables. So I started doing that out of a place of intentional nutrition, but not from a place of fear, but a place of, you know what, I want to steward this gift of a body well, so I'm going to try to eat some more vegetables. And that was just gentle nutrition, or after a run, being like, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm going to grab a smoothie because that'll help me uh, get my blood sugars up because they're feeling a little low. So it's just making choices out of a, a place that, yeah, takes care of your health, but also honors your taste buds, but also makes you feel really good. And it's not coming from restriction or fear, but out of a place of love for your body. And so that is what gentle nutrition is. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a really cool principle, but it is one of the later stages of intuitive eating. So there's intuitive eating in a nutshell by Nyla. Just wanted to tell you more about that. If you have any questions about what I talked about or any of the principles, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at Nutrition with Nyla. There is also the book Intuitive Eating that is written by two dietitians that I highly recommend. A lot of libraries have it. There's a lot of different editions out, but there should be for sure one of the latest editions at your library where you can buy it or listen to it on an audiobook and it digs into more of this in more depth but there it is in a nutshell for you intuitive eating so i pray that you have a really really wonderful day whatever you're doing or wonderful evening whatever time it is you're listening and thanks so much for tuning in for another episode hey friend do you love this podcast has it been a blessing to you the best way you can thank me for producing the Intuitive Eating with Jesus podcast is by telling a friend about it or sharing a screenshot of the episode you tuned into on your stories. Better yet, leave a five-star rating and a really nice review on iTunes to encourage others to check it out and see what all the hype is about. Thank you.